Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy. Happy Thursday morning. It's episode 130 woo, of the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where we believe building a business is the best way to get more personal freedom and opportunity in your life. Speaking of opportunities, I am joined today by my captain, my co-host, a man who thought Men in Black was about guys with positive cash flow businesses. <laughs> Welcome to the program, man. <laughs> nice. yeah, the joke, the LBP joke reservoir, the monkeys in the back room writing those jokes. I think they're being worked too hard, buddy. I think that's a good one. Couple new iTunes uh, reviews this week. We got five stars from Dan O'Connell, who says, "These guys are my mentors from afar." And Ku Artist says, "Love it. Look forward to this show every single week." Thank you guys for going to that clunky iTunes interface and dropping the love for the LBP. Speaking of the love, check out the LBP listeners section at our website. Uh, notables such as James Shramko from Italy sent his picture in listening to the LBP in front of a cool cafe. I think it was called Tropical Cafe, reminded him of us. Check out Jesse the Dominator Lawler from well, far atop a volcano. That's the kind of thing the Dominator would do. Scale, scale a volcano listening to this podcast. Uh, Melissa from Down Under and Greg V with the dash cam. And apparently some of these new um, cars, you can actually put the uh podcast right on your dashboard pretty cool yeah i think greg was in a new uh 328 by the way i talked to jesse the dominator i think it was last night two nights ago and uh he had to buy a pair of pants because now he's in i think buenos aires i said "Ooh, have fun in those pants buddy yeah there's a cool thread in the dc called you know you're in the dc when and like you know the extension on your on your 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 trousers is a big issue you know the first thing that i did when uh, i came back to bali was i cut off my jeans and I, I wear cutoff jeans. That's how little I care. No, <laughs> just, it's like the most unfashionable move ever. Uh, Heinrich from Denmark writes this. I got to tell you guys, I love this podcast and I can't recommend it to enough people. So thank you guys for making my life better. And Heinrich has made our lives better by dropping us a quick tip, which we'll share with you guys at the end of the episode. Remember back in the day, uh, Heinrich might be in the oversharing phase. I, I used I went through a phase with that with uh, Internet Business Mastery, Ian. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. You try and uh, you try and spread the love a little bit too hard. You try and pushing your ideas and your uh, and and what's going on in your life to like uh, strangers, basically. Yeah, so like I love the the because uh, Heinrich's not he's he's sharing against resistance, you know. Like it's not just everybody's like pumped to hear about this stuff. It's like you got to fight, you know. Like when I first started listening to Internet Business Mastery. I was like this weird evangelical type, you know, like I would be in the, the checkout lane at the grocery store and I'd be like, let me ask you a question. Do you want to change your life? Today? <laughs> <laughs> People be like, well, what's going on, dude? It's 27 bucks. And I'd be like, no, it's free. And it's internet business mastery. Download it today <laughs> and listen. And they'd be like, dude, I don't even know what a podcast is and you're freaking me out. So just please paper or plastic, dude, paper or plastic. So Heinrich, That's awesome, thanks for- man. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like uh, trying to convince somebody that like, li- listen, this is the best part of the song. Like, keep listening, keep listening. This is a good song. <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up. Did you hear that? 
listen to that solo, man. Hey, uh, speaking of cool stuff, uh, uh, you're having a DC meetup in, in SoCal. Tell us the details, man. Yeah, good point. Uh, so we're going to have a DC SoCal meetup. It's not exclusive to DC members. I actually made that mistake. I said uh, on Twitter, I said DC meetup. Okay, yes, it's a DC meetup. There will be plenty of DCers there, but I would love to see your shining non-DC face. Uh, it's going to be on November 30th. Uh, we're going to probably start, it's a Friday, we'll probably start around 2 p.m. Um, I don't know, maybe do some business breakdowns, uh, talk shop, work our way into the magic hour, have a couple drinks, see where it goes from there. Uh, I am really excited, though. I think a couple people are coming down from L.A. And uh, just looking forward to meeting a lot of new people and uh, talking shop, man. Very cool. All right, Ian, how do you feel about a little bit of meat and potatoes? Today's topic is how to be a happy sociopath. Well, this is Thanksgiving. Maybe uh, maybe uh, turkey and stuffing? What do you think? Sure. Turkey and stuffing for dinner and uh, with a, with a, a side dish of sociopath. Um, and I'm looking at you, entrepreneur. Yes, I invited my friend Ian onto the show because I thought he would be an appropriate guest. All right, so what's a, soci- <laughs> what's a sociopath, Ian? This is an idea that we got from ribbonfarm.com, and we've been talking about this a little bit. Um, you know, this week's Tropical MBA blog post was about reality. And uh, Ray Dalio in his principles document, which is really cool, and we'll provide that for download at this uh, episode, episode 130, talks a lot about his concern with reality. Because as entrepreneurs, our role is to manipulate reality. You know, we're trying to bring about outcomes. And so understanding, having an, a, an accurate perception of how things really go down is, is what, where we want to be. So um, what, what, what Venkat did over at Ribbon Farm was he created um, a whole document, a whole series of blog posts about the company hierarchy. Basically, at the very top, you have sociopaths. Implicitly, those are the the entrepreneurs, the people that are owning the company. In the middle, you have this big group of people that are the clueless. And at the bottom, you have the largest group, the losers, the people that are being manipulated or led along uh, along a path that's not of their choosing. And so we're going we're gonna to walk people through and we're going to talk about how to be a happy sociopath in three areas of your life. And that would be time management, money management, and relationship management. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so you're a sociopath. I'm a sociopath. Is that, that how that goes? Because we own, the, own a business. <laughs> you know, I, I I I like using the term sociopath because it's it like sparks a rise. It like gets your attention. Of course, we're not talking about being real sociopaths. We're talking about being people who want to understand and manipulate reality. They want to play the game of life rather than be gamed by life. I think that's the difference. So I'll start off this episode with a mantra for each level of the company hierarchy. What would the clueless person say? Because the clueless person is in the middle. They're going to say, everything happens for a reason. The loser is going to say, why aren't these good reasons working out for me? People said that if I followed this stuff, it would work. Or the loser might say, some losers say, screw those reasons because they're not working out for me. So F them. The sociopath is going to say, what's the reason this happened and how can I manipulate those things in the future? How can I make sure that those factors play to my benefit? All right, let's talk about it relative to time management. And again, this is all about breaking rules, defining your own path forward in life, and not just being one of those clueless losers in the middle who is just going with the flow. 
Yeah, so essentially we are promoting or we're basically saying uh, this is a way forward to act as a sociopath. And the reason why you want to act <laughs> as a sociopath is because you can get shit done this way. You can, because essentially you build rules and um, you form a way forward. Like the whole sociopath thing, don't get caught up on that. That's like a cynical uh, verbiage for, because it's clever and it's cool. But I do think that there is something sort of inherently gritty or cynical or realistic. You know, there's a lot of people in life, Ian, that they don't like to look at people's real motivations because it like destroys the poetry for them. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and that's what like, you were saying with uh, like everything happens for a reason. And and so, so the interesting thing about the sociopath, I think for, there's like a clinical definition basically that says like, uh, you don't care about the emotions of people around you. And I think that there's there's some of that going on, but really what we're talking about, I think the sociopath in terms of businesses, you can disconnect from the emotions of what's happening around you. Um, whereas the clueless person and the, and the loser in this uh, company hierarchy may not be able to do that. That's a good point. So it's like you can strategically disconnect from things that are not critically important to you uh, and your objectives. And of course you, I mean, look, like let's make sure that all this is happening in the context of like a moral good life and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I do think it's interesting. There is this caught upness uh, that clueless and losers, people that are not in control of their life, they sort of get caught up in the flow. And the whole idea of the, the sociopath is being able to step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to get caught up in that. I've made a decision that that's not how I'm going to roll. So anyway, let's, 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 let's talk about some specifics here. So first off, time management. How do losers and clueless people think of time management? And again, these are people that are getting that are that are not defining the path of their own lives. They're not being entrepreneurial. Okay, so the clueless people, in terms of time management, uh, let their time be defined by organizations. The organization sets up a rule, and they subscribe to the rule, and that's how they spend their time. So, what would be an example of that, Dan? I think that's a classic example of having the the, the great job. And the key difference is, is that the sociopath in the great job knows that the great job is contributing to their ultimate outcomes, whereas the clueless person, they subscribe to the objectives of the organization without even considering what their objectives are. Um, and then the losers at the very bottom of the food chain here, um, they're just looking for stuff to join. They're just looking for ways to, they're randomly searching the internet for, for time spends because they don't even know what they would want to do uh, with their own time if they even had it or when they do have it. So what does the sociopath do? What does the entrepreneur do? They're defining their time usage in order to create the ideal outcomes that they're looking for in their lives. So I think, I mean, this is, this is sort of an interesting thing um, to me. I had a, a, an interesting experience the other, the other day. I looked at a set of notes that Jeff Picaro, who's a, a listener of the podcast, thank you, Jeff, for sending me notes about the Tim Ferriss talk where he talked about how he was writing his book because Jeff knows I'm writing a book. And the interesting thing about it is Tim, when he's in writing phase, only meets with his friends one day a week. And the rest of the week, he is 100% hidden inside of his writing hole. And I think that's interesting because in many ways, Tim has more time demands than the average person. Everybody wants a piece of him. Yet, when you pull back the curtain and look at what's actually happening in his life, we call it, he's being an obsessive chipmunk, right? Like he is in his cave writing, even though there's so much demand on his time. 
you don't walk into Tim Ferriss's house and find a normal life. You find the life of a guy who's writing these amazing books. And I think somehow there, there's, there tends to be amongst losers and clueless people that he's just a normal guy and he just happens to be really good at writing and he writes a little bit every day and man, he came up with this great book. No, that's not how it happens. You find an obsessive sociopath holed up in his little den, only meeting with friends once a week. And so that's what we try to do a lot of times. Me and you both do this with our time so we can spend more time on business. And so that means that we uh, essentially stop doing what a lot of normal people do, uh, which is like go shopping or things like that. So I got a couple examples in my life of, of ways that I've like, um, I've, I've started to own my time more over the past couple of years. You know, you look at like a guy like Steve Jobs, as long as we're talking about uh, relatively famous people, and he he wore the same wardrobe every day. And that was his uniform. And uh, part of the reason why he did that was so he wouldn't have to make a choice about what to wear every day because that takes energy. And you think, well, that's not very cool. Like you can't express yourself. Like you can't wear cool shirts. And it's like, the way that Steve Jobs expressed himself was not through his clothing. Like that was like the most... In unimportant uh, aspect of his life, probably like he was looking to express himself and his creativity through his products. And so, you know, for guys like me and you, that might mean like, um, you know, <laughs> we do old man things like we buy the same pair of like Reebok classics <laughs> when we need a pair of shoes, right? The white Reebok classic. Like, yeah, I've been wearing them for 20 years. And like now I kind of respect my uh, my elders for doing that because I, I understand that they had more important things to do. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> when you when you pull back the curtain on this stuff, there is absolutely no secret sauce. I think that's always fascinating. Like the answer to like why Tim Ferriss writes great books or to why um, X person grew a multimillion dollar business. It's always duh. The answer is always duh. They worked harder than anybody else at it. They put more, like that, that number one violinist at the front of the orchestra didn't come out of the womb uh, fiddling strings better than anybody else, right? They sat at that violin for hours and hours and hours. And I think the question for us as people who wanna make these decisions in our lives is are we being conscious about this? This made me think about this a little bit because I just um, moved in with a new roommate who didn't know me that well. And uh, I thought about it the other day, like this guy must think I'm crazy. Because my schedule is 100% optimized for work. Like, cause I'm working on a book. So it's like, I take a nap at the same time every day. I exercise at the same time every day. I eat the same stuff. I don't talk to anybody. I don't hang out. You know what I mean? It's like this weird, this guy must think I'm just absolutely nutbags. Probably <laughs> thinks you're a sociopath, yeah. But again, it's that old adage, Ian, of if, if you want to live like nobody else, live like nobody else, you know? And if everybody else around you is like, is doing the normal stuff. And again, that's what we're talking about with like clueless loser. Like if you're just following the path, well then you're going to follow the path. All right. Let's talk about money a little bit. What are uh, the clueless guys doing? What are the, the, the losers doing? Speaking of money, I think, uh, isn't that what Dave Ramsey says? Live like nobody else. So you can live like nobody else. Him and maybe a lot of other people. Sorry, I was I pulled a sociopathic move and I, I didn't attribute it. Uh, a loser, Ian. Credit card debt. Yeah, a loser. Essentially, um, their finances are controlled by other people outside of their life. So they have like creditors um, that control their, their life, essentially, and control what they buy and how they spend their time. I can't quit my job because I'm in credit card debt. 
And, uh, you know, that, those were bad decisions. Those were loser decisions that you made in the first place to get into credit card debt. Uh, the next level is somebody that's clueless. Um, and a lot of times these people are subscribing to um, forums or they're subscribing to um, institutions. So you might have your money locked up in uh, something like mutual funds. And a lot of times, um, you know, mutual funds aren't necessarily a bad thing if you've, if you've got excess cash. I'm talking about the guy that's got $500 in his bank account and $10,000 in his uh, mutual fund account. And he has no flexibility or liquidity um, because of it. Yeah, and I, I think I see clueless people with money as people who like believe in institutions, like believe that institutions are gonna save them. You know, like whether that's like social security or like ex fund manager or whatever, like clueless people are looking to opt into some kind of like quote, you know, some kind of trusted societal mechanism that's gonna make them wealthy or that's gonna save them and make their lives comfortable. Whereas a sociopath knows that that institution that they're subscribed to is run by a bunch of sociopaths. Like they get it, right? So they're not gonna just go dump all of their money into a mutual fund and hope that it works out. They're gonna be thinking more strategically. So let's talk about, let's talk about some of the things that a sociopath might do with their money. Yeah, so I've helped like a, a bunch of uh, close friends recently. I don't know why I've become this person, but I've helped a bunch of loser friends become sociopath when it uh, comes to money. And there's a couple steps that I think you need to take in order to be able to do that. Wow. You've got a system. We could, we, we could sell this buddy, you know? Yeah. The $97, totally the, $97 the, the, soci, the sociopath way. All right, let's, let's hear it. Yeah. So the trick here is um, to get yourself out of debt if you're in debt, because that's a really bad position to be in for precisely uh, the reason that I said before, which is you can't start a business. I had a friend that was in this exact situation. They really wanted to start a business, but they really had to show up to their job every day because they had a huge amount of credit card debt. So the game becomes then, how do I get out of credit card debt as fast as possible so I can start a business? Uh, especially if you don't have somebody that can lend you that money. So it's a really easy plan and it's a three-step plan and I think it works uh, relatively well. So uh, the first thing you need to do is you need to cut all unnecessary spending. Uh, this includes cable. Uh, unless your job or, or something depends on it. So, I mean, really everything. Look at your life, inventory. Let me get meta uh, sociopathic on this. The biggest thing that you're spending on cable isn't your money, it's your time. So that's why you should cut cable. A lot of people ask me, um, uh, have you watched X movie? My answer to you is no, I have not watched X movie. And the reason is I don't watch movies. And the reason is, is that movies don't get me to my objectives. I know that's, that's that, again, pull back the curtain, it gets crazy. There's crazy behind it. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's definitely crazy behind it. So in my friend's, uh, in my friend's example, she had to stop getting her nails did. The next thing you got to do is you got to get um, the most aggressive about uh, what you can pay every month on that debt. So once you figure out what your, um, your baseline is, you know, I have to spend $1,000. These are my essentials every month. Um, then you get really aggressive about figuring out what your maximum contribution is to your creditors. And the third thing, and this is the most important, and this is what we've talked about before with your, your cash budget, Dan, that you've described many times. Um, instead of paying your creditor with what's left over at the end of the month, you pay them with what you've allocated at the beginning of the month. So what happens a lot of times is you say, okay, well, at the end of the month, I'm left with uh, $300. I guess that's what I'll send to my creditor. No, that's not the answer. 
at the beginning <laughs> of the month, at the beginning of your plan, you say, I have allocated, I know every month that I can afford based on my budget to pay my creditors $800. You take that out on the first of the month and you pay your creditors. And then this is the scary part on the back end, you have to figure your life out. So that really makes you um, work for it. It's the same thing with credit, right? It's like, you gotta, you gotta have the money first before you can buy the new car or you can buy it on credit and not have the money. So it's like you continue to do the same cycle if you if you just pay the creditors what you have left at the end of the month. Finally, let's talk about how a happy sociopath deals with relationships. Um, so uh, real quick, we'll dispense with losers and clueless. Um, I, the losers, you know, constant. I mean, losers are either going to be disengaged socially. Um, they're going to be not reaching out to people. They're going to be not developing relationships or... They're going to be constantly roped into random drama situations. Um, it's like everything has a one-to-one -one ratio with them. You know, it's like if someone says uh, something to them, like they're going to feel it full on. You know what I mean? Like rather than deciding how that's going to impact them. Um, yeah, I, I found myself in a uh, I found myself in a loser situation, a loser relationship uh, a couple weeks ago. And yeah, uh, you, ha you really have to stop yourself. And in my in, in my case, I just had to cut the person off altogether, because you really get roped into these uh, these relationships. Whether you, you, I didn't even realize it until I was like a week in, and I was like, oh man, this guy's making me out to be a loser, sucking all my time. And actually, it like cost me a quite a bit of money, um, but it was worth it to uh, to pay my pay my way out of the relationship. I had um, I had like become uh, buddies with this guy. I had a motorcycle and I needed the transmission rebuilt on it, and that's not something that I have time to take on right now. And uh, so I had contracted him to rebuild my transmission and my motorcycle for to the tune of about two thousand dollars. And so basically, um, he tried and he failed once, and then he had the bike again, and it was just getting ridiculous. Like it was getting to the point where I I realized that this guy didn't really know what he was doing. Um, and so I think it was like the third, third try I got the motorcycle back from him and it still wasn't working. And like, I had a decision to make, like either I was going to like have it out with this guy verbally, or I was going to like sue this guy, or I was going to like try and get my money back somehow. Any way I sliced it, like I was going to spend copious amounts of time trying to get my money back. Um, and so what I decided to do was just walk away with it. So, and that's, man, that's a hard, I, there's no way I could have done that a couple of years ago. One, I didn't have $2,000 disposable income to, to do that with, but uh, it really makes sense for me these days, like uh, to not even get into it with this guy, to just walk away, say, I made a mistake. It cost me $2,000. I don't have to engage with this person ever again in my life. And that was the real benefit for me is that I didn't have to talk or deal with this person again. And that cost me $2,000. Right. So, you know, this is this we brought it up the, uh, the other day we were talking about what happens when somebody threatens you and there is this tendency for people that are not yet sociopathic to think that when someone threatens you or says something bad about you that that has like a direct correlation with the reality of who you are and so all of a sudden like when someone threatens you your reality is 100% defined by them whereas a sociopath decides what role they want to play in that criticism or in that threat. And this is, this is directly related to something I often call like conditioning your soul. And I think this is like highly sociopathic, which is um, you do this a lot uh, and so do I, which is that you decide which emotions that you're going to allow yourself to have. So you sort of like you're, you become, you have like this rational overlord of what 
emotions you're going to let play out in your system because what ends up happening is like those things condition you and they become who you are and that becomes how you emote so if you let yourself get freaked out like every single time someone threatens you then you're going to be a slave to that like you will constantly let other people define your reality forever but as a sociopath you can come in and say look like i'm not going to allow myself to feel that way because it's inaccurate and it's not useful and it sucks it makes me feel bad yeah, it's a it's an interesting phenomenon, and I think a lot of people, um, especially the losers um, and the people in the middle, the clueless people, they really hate this because um, you can control your emotions as a sociopath, uh, so to speak. And it's I don't know. I think maybe it comes off like a little bit unnatural. But like my buddy who was with me at the time when I decided to just not confront this guy about the two thousand dollar motorcycle repair, he just like couldn't get it through his head that like I didn't want revenge and like I didn't want to like take this further. And, and the truth is like, I couldn't afford for this guy, um, to like ruin the next couple like hours or even days of my life. And so I had to decide which kind of emotions I was going to have. And for me, it was happiness. I thought, you know what? I'm happy about this. Now I can move on with my life. Uh, whereas a lot of people, they might've been mad or something like that. It is this idea that, um, people that aren't in the more sociopathic layer, it is always like everybody deserves one-to-one, right? So it's like, it's like the gearing that you're in with others is always one-to-one for the losers. It's like some guy threatens you, you have to deal with that. Some guy tries to rip you off, you have to deal with that. Well, the sociopath just says, those are situations that I don't participate in. It's like, uh, oh, there's this group of people in my life that make me feel bad. I don't talk to them at all, ever, again, never. When they send me an email, I delete it. Like that's a sociopathic move, whereas I feel like some people for, and, and, and oftentimes rightly, they feel uncomfortable with that move, right? So what they'd rather do is deal with it, right? So I'm gonna deal with this person that makes me feel bad, or I'm gonna deal with this person that doesn't contribute to my aims. Whereas I think the sociopath just says, you know what? I'm never gonna look at an email from that person again because I can't believe she broke up with me. <laughs> what a cold <laughs> heart. <laughs> okay, let's get moving on to just the tips all right you know hey one thing i want to clarify about all this sociopathic loser clueless stuff is like those are really those are offensive terms by purpose you know like to get your attention and to like bring people into the thinking and stuff you know obviously we don't think anybody's a loser really clueless and like we all have all of these elements in us so i, I just want to say it's all for good fun it's not there's no real losers out there and ian and i are the biggest losers uh, you know, we'll raise our hands first when it comes to the, the loser poll. So I Hey, yeah, I, I agree with 100% with what you're saying. They could just be like personality types or traits, number one, two, three. I mean, these are the, um, luckily we have this framework from Venkat, and, you know, this is, the, this is the pyramid that he laid out, and so we're kind of working within this framework. Just the tips. All right, Ian, we'll make it quick. This is, uh, we, we wanted to be a quick episode, but I think me and you got on this, like, pop cheap psychology stuff i'd love to hear your guys thoughts if you have any thoughts on being sociopathic um speaking of uh notes while we're on it hey i'm loving evernote ian i just want to reiterate that by investing in evernote and by doubling down on this piece of software um, it really has made me more prolific in terms of especially creative work um and what i've done is used see evernote does a little bit of everything so you know, when I announced that I used Evernote to do my travel plans, it was like this huge scandal in the DC that I didn't use TripIt. So I'm experimenting with TripIt, but I gotta say, guys and gals, that one thing I like about Evernote is that it can be the only application you use. So I use Evernote for, I'm still using it for my travel documents. 
I'm using it for my contacts. I'm using it as a writing environment. I'm using that as an ideation environment. Anyway, I'm still loving Evernote. I just wanted to be clear about that and encourage the listeners because I know you got to hear things a couple times. Uh, you get on board with stuff, but uh, you know, just the it's been a game changer for me, um, especially given that like you know your best ideas, Ian. You have them while you're walking around, while you're at the restaurant, and not only can you then put all of those ideas right into your creative environment, which is where you're writing. I'm writing in Evernote, but it can happen the other way around too, which is anything I've ever put into Evernote, I can access on my phones. All right, so uh, finally, uh, Heinrich from Denmark writes that you can go to Fiverr, Ian. Speaking of sociopathic, this is why I included it. He says, for $5, you can get someone to max out your referrals and get 18 free gigs of storage on top of your free Dropbox account. Congratulations, Yeah, that's Heinrich. sneaky. I've heard of... Uh... I've heard of people doing this before, but so essentially what you do is like the more people you refer to Dropbox, the more space you get. Yeah. Slow clap to Heinrich for the sociopathic quick tip. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us this Thursday morning. Today we'll play you out with Icarus by Medeon. It's rocking and it's on my book writing playlist, which is full of stuff that keeps me productive. All right, Ian, let's go get productive. I'll see you next Thursday morning. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything 